Oh, hi, I'm Graham. Welcome back to section number two of Business Breakthrough 201. And I trust you've been one of those amazing people that has been a 100% implementer regarding module one. You've gone through and you've finished module one. You've found out about your six core needs, about your drivers, you're feeling good, and you're ready to tackle module two. What I don't want in the areas of your life that I totally discourage you in is I don't want you just to tick and flick these modules. So if you're a person who's like, hey, we'll just get it finished and just get it knocked over and we'll see how quickly we can whip through it, you just won't get a lot of value out of this. You'll go through it and you'll, you'll probably get to the end and say, hey, we know some stuff. Chances are, without implementing it, and when I say chances are, I know what the chances are. The chances are really high. If you don't implement, um, if you don't 100% put into practice what it is that you learn and start to drip these things into your business, then you're just going to end up at the end um, frustrated because then you'll know more stuff and you won't have implemented it. That means that you won't have had a chance to see whether it works or not for you in your business and we won't have a chance to talk about it at the end because we're going to get to the end of this and we're going to have a great conversation. I'll be asking you questions about module one and two and three or four or five and six. And if you've had a conversation with me before uh, you've purchased this program, then you'll know I walk you through what you're going to do and what you're going to get and you know everything that's going to be in it. Nothing should take you by surprise. And in, it's those that do the doing that do the learning. All right? Now I say this in my uh, 301 and 401 programs as well. In fact, it's something that I've been saying for a very long time, ever since I used to coach and train hairdressers all the way back in the mid-90s. Those that do the doing, do the learning, and it's true for you as, as it was true for them. And today, we're talking about something very important in your business. You might not know why it's important yet, but you will by the time we're done. We're talking about your identity and your culture within the business. And you know, some of my mentors in the past have said to me things like, your culture should be seen before it is heard. And your culture is the unseen essence of your business. Your culture is your values in action, is another one that I love. And if you're taking notes, uh, that's something I'd really love you to write down. If you're not taking notes, remember what I said in the first section, people that don't take notes, remember less than 1% of everything it is you need to learn. And I talk kind of quick and I go through things kind of fast. So you might need to pause this at some stage. If you're listening to this in the car or in the train or, or whatever it is, and you need to go back to it later, really do allow yourself that time to go back through and listen to this in a, in a, in a quiet space where you can focus because it's focus that will help you to get the results. So let's have a look at um, the second module here, the second section. As it says here, your business without an identity is just an entity. It's empty. It's devoid of spirit. The spirit, the lifeblood of your business, the part that brings your business to life is you. Now, I tell this story a lot, whether I'm speaking from stage or just whether I'm speaking to you on the telephone, about that business in Elstonwick. You might have heard me talk about it. It's called White Gold's Greek Tavern in Elstonwick. The guy that owns it, his name is Alexi. And, you know, without Alexi, it would have just been another Greek restaurant great place. I still remember. I haven't been there, have to admit, for 20 years, but I still remember the essence of the place was Alexi. I can kind of remember that the food was pretty good, although I hadn't eaten a lot of Greek. I can kind of remember that the tables were sort of nice. In fact, I don't think that we even went into the depths of the restaurant. We sort of sat up towards the front. In fact, I can't tell you much about the menu. I can't really even remember the address and I only kind of remember that it was called White Gulls 
Greek tavern, but I can tell you all about Alexi and all about the culture of the place. And I can tell you all about how it felt. In fact, if I went back to Melbourne tomorrow, that's a place I'd go. Not because of the food, not because of the wine, not because of the beer, and not because of who I'm with. I'd go back because I enjoyed the culture. It's like a country that you go back to again and again. I love Paris. I'd go back there tomorrow, not because of the buildings, although there's some nice ones, not because it's fresher air or nicer scenery than here. No, it's the culture. I love that in September in Paris, you can walk down the street of a nighttime and everything's open, holding hands with the person you love. If had last time we went, it was hand in hand and an extra hand on the pram and then another hand on the other kid and trying to keep everyone safe and being confused about the street performers. But it was an experience and it was the culture that made us have that experience. And in this section, we're focused on the culture of your business. And the culture of your business, if, unless you're a big multinational organization, there's a different set of rules that goes with big multinational organizations. But if you're an owner-operator business, which you should be if you're doing 201, you should be an owner-operator business. And if you're not an owner-operator business, you're in the wrong program. But if you're an owner-operator business, the culture of the business is very much dependent on the lifeblood that you bring into it. You see, the culture of the business for it to be individual and stand out should rely very much on what it is that you believe and what you stand for and what you stand against. And why is this important? Well, it helps you to have congruency in your operations. It helps you to assist you and have clarity in your business when you go to market. One of the key fears that most business owners have is the fear of being seen as a fraud or fear of not being enough or fear of not being understood. And it's those fears that drive us to incongruent, inconsistent marketing. It's those fears that drive us to discounting and undercutting and not putting our prices up and so on. And you don't see world leaders in business doing that. Now, I've said that you should be an owner-operated business if you're doing this, but there's no reason that you can't operate your business at an incredibly high level. You see, the marketplace is always looking for something different. Our brains are wired that way. We're always looking for the difference in things. How do you stand out in a sea of sameness? Well, it's your accent, your accent, your your language of your business that will stand out over and above all the same, same businesses. You see, what point is there competing with another business unless you know the individual language that you speak? And if you don't understand that your language comes through what people hear and how people perceive and what they understand, then this is a module and a section, I should say, that you really need to focus on and get very clear on. It's something we don't spend a lot of time looking at because it's just something that we are and something that we do. But in this section, and by the end of it, you'll have evolved your culture through the business. It's oftentimes overlooked. So let's dive into this module together and let's complete it. So there's a page here, it's page eight, and there's a table. It's got uh, four boxes down and three across. There's noun, verb, outcome. And this page here and the next page over, page nine, page nine has got value-based words and phrases. I've given you a whole bunch of words here that you can choose from to get this module completed. Because sometimes when I ask somebody, hey, what are your values? Here are the things they say. Integrity, trust, loyalty, honesty. That's what people say their values are. 
nine times out of ten. And that's okay. That's what people want to have and how they want to be perceived within their values. They want to be seen as honest. They want to be seen as loyal. They want to be seen as trustworthy and so on. But here's a whole bunch of words that you might find more appropriate for you. And there's a stack there for you to choose from. I want you to have a look at that. Then what I want you to do is find the words that mean the most to you. Maybe circle 10 of those words. Narrow it down. And then from the 10 that you circle, find about five of them that really, really fit and really, really describe you. Then from that five, you can put your top four in where the noun column is and put those nouns in. So for example, one of them might be truth. And that's the first word there, truth. And that's a noun, truth. Now we're going to turn that noun into a verb. See, we want to have action involved in that word. We can't say, oh, you know, I value truth. We say, okay, well, how do you value truth? What does it look like when it's in action? So I want you to turn that into a word. It might be truthfulness, okay, is an action. That's something that you do. Or it might be telling the truth. Or it might be hearing the truth. Whatever it is, I want you to put it into a, a, a way where there's some action around it. Then once you've done that, I want you to talk about the outcome. An example of an outcome for truth is a noun and truthfulness is a verb would be it's through experiencing truthfulness that we have relative peace in our lives. Or it might be if your verbalization of the noun truth might be that I like to tell the truth or telling the truth in the, in the verbalization of it. The outcome might be telling the truth sets me free. Whatever that is. Because you see, if you don't have a set of a clear set of values that you can put into action within your business, then you won't know how to create the right systems within your business. You won't know how to hire the right people. Your marketing will be all over the place and your message will be hard to manage. See, it's in understanding your, uh, your culture that you can understand your outcome. See, it's like this. From your environment where you live comes your thoughts. And it's your high-level thoughts. It's the thoughts you tell yourself every single day. This is easy. This is hard. I can do this. I can't do this and so on. That's as a result of your environment. That then comes your, your thoughts. And from your thoughts, your thoughts form your values. Then from your values comes your verbalization. Some comes your self-talk. From your self-talk comes your actions. And from your actions comes your results. And your results affect your immediate environment. And then it circles back around and around and around and again. So if you're not clear on what it is that you stand for and what it is that you stand against, what it is that you believe and what it is that you won't put up with, then you'll never be able to have the right level of support in your business. You'll never be able to have the right staff. You'll have people that can do the job, but you won't know how to discipline them and you won't know how to communicate with them what's important to you. And you've got to know this. At, that, at this level of business, you have to really understand that this is something that you need. Then I want you to have, uh, I've left you a really big space. I want you to write down your imagined outcome as a result of living your value. So here's how I want you to do this action. And this is going to take you a while too, by the way. So this is a short audio, but the, the exercise is going to take you about an hour to an hour and a half, maybe a little longer. And, and the, I'll know if you've done it properly when we're talking together by the amount of time it took you. If you're like, oh no, Grant, I knocked it over in 10 minutes. Well, maybe you haven't given that the level of thought that it deserves and the level of consideration. I want you to give this as my, my good friend Adam Voigt says, a deep level of consideration. I love that phrase, deep level of consideration. 
This is a basis by which you're going to build a framework on top of later down the track. So when we're talking about important things down the track, like sales and marketing, we're going to be going back to your values and measuring your decisions from what you've written here. So this is not something to skip over and not something to do quickly and certainly not something to take lightly. So as a, as a result of implementing everything you've circled there, your imagined outcome as a result of living your values now compared to what it would be like if you were to live according to your highest level of intention and values. What is your life like now? And what could it be like? What would need to change? What would have to change? What would you want to change? And that's how you complete page 10. And if you've got any questions on this as well, remember to uh, jump into a Facebook group that we're in and hit me up on a Facebook message or wherever it is that we communicate, text, phone, whatever it is, go ahead and reach out and ask me a question if you're stuck on this at all. And I'll help you get free of that stuckness and get you moving again. So once you understand that, there's, of course, on page 11, there's a a whole heap of things to consider and think about. I want you to tick those off to know that your values are clear, that you've considered your action steps, that you know what you stand for, that you know in a lot of ways what you won't put up with. I want you to know that you like who you are. If you don't, go back and change it. It's up to you to do this. This may even change who you are and what you're doing and who you're hanging out with. It may even change who you've got hired to help you in your business right now. It may change your customer focus. It may change a lot of things. I want you to also understand that your values will change with time. The older you get, the more experienced you get in business, your values will change with time, and that's natural. What you've written down here today is where you are today. It's not necessarily where you will be in two, three, four, five years' time. I know that my values I wrote down in high school in 1990 are definitely not the same sort of values that I hold today. I want you to know that your values help you to influence, that they're not a chain around your neck. Your values are unique, and that others do what you do, but nobody does it how you do it and why you do it. So these first two sections, why are you in business? What do you stand for? What do you stand against? And what do you believe? These are all part of your attraction strategy. Anybody can cook a hamburger. Anybody can be a business coach, really. Anybody can sell tires and anybody can be a bricklayer, but nobody can do it quite the way you do it. And nobody has the same offer that you have. It's you that causes the thumbprint on your business and makes your business individual, valuable, and worthy. So go ahead and enjoy this section. I look forward to hearing how you've completed it, and we'll catch up inside the next section.